From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey! Sorry, I had biscuit mouth. Oh, my lord. Welcome in, everybody. Hi, good morning. It is a beautiful Saturday here at the Big and Wild Outdoor. And so it begins. It's a nice, uh, beautiful day in the neighborhoods. We're uh, here live broadcasting from the Beasley uh, Broadcasting Empire. It is myself, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Carlos, the Cuban redneck, and Bill George and Diego. We're all shoved into one little tiny closet somewhere and, and, on the and side of the say, building. I will say yeah. I am extremely thankful that Carlos was coming in today. Why? Because I went to go pick him up. Because he needed an Uber. And and when I went to turn around and get my sweet tea, as I'm sitting in line waiting for Carlos to get there, I have a radiator hose explode. And it I, I'm sitting there in the drive-thru waiting on my tea, and there's steam everywhere. I mean, you can't see out the front of the car. And the people inside are freaking out. Sweet tea. I turned it off. I said, don't worry. I'll pull out as soon as I get my stuff. <laughs> and so Carlos had to bring me on in. So what did you uh, do? You just left the uh, left the Chevy behind? Yeah. We, yeah, we took the plates off, and that was a Good for you. <laughs> he's going to come retrieve half his belongings out of the back later. Yeah, sure. Put the other half in mom's car. I, I will have to uh, work to coordinate that as soon as I get out. For me, it's always priorities. I'll make it through the show, and then I'll worry about my ride to, so I can get to the wild turkey extravaganza. So you blew a hose? or I guess I blew a hose. You, you couldn't fix that real quick, uh, real quick. Like, I a took a quick knife gander or? at it. I, I couldn't see the obvious. It wasn't explosion. the upper. It wasn't the upper part of the hose. It's oh, of course, the lower? difficult lower part oh, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I turned around and it's like, oh, we'll figure that out. But it's like, turn it off, bark it, get to the show, move on. So I put the meter on the minute he called me. You know. You know? Well, I'm good. Good thing I was turning around and paying per the minute because Carlos drives about 110. No, Weaving through not, traffic, not coming all the way through. Not, I mean, we're passing true. people in the interchange. That a boy. And I thought I was an aggressive driver. Good for you, Jack. <laughs> I wanted to get you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think Carlos is on my team when I say uh, you should bring back uh, bump drafting. Should be legal on I-75. Yeah. I think you should be able to go up, give him a little tap, hey. and say, hey, 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 get over. Hey, what Earnhardt used to say, you stand your ground. That's yeah. right. Move over. Hey, you know I, you're in the wrong way. I drive 200 miles a day. Dude. Exactly. So, you know, I drive more than most people. Sure. So, so you know how to do the uh, you know how to do the uh, draft and pass. It's, it's all good. My biggest thing is coming home. We were coming home from North Florida yesterday. My biggest gripe is, though, for the people that go to pass you, pass somebody. Don't, and y'all can probably attest to this, they, I love it when they run right up on you and then they get right to you, and instead of passing you, they sit next to you for probably a couple miles <laughs> yeah, and block you in. And then it's like, 
I think because they they're call, freaking they, out. They call that flocking. I think they're yeah, freaking out. They just out. want to flock next to you and, and hang. I, I think that what they're doing is they're hanging next to you to see what's ahead of you. So in case you see a cop, that's why you're slowing down. But. Which uh, I love that one. Oh yeah. At that I, point, at I that point, that I, at that point, I go the opposite. I go really slow, and they can't take it. <laughs> they gotta pass me. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, you're that guy. Well, listen, we got an action-packed show for you today for sure. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we have a lot of callers calling in. We have uh, Joe Wilson, who's going to be calling in later from uh, Arkansas. Uh, we haven't talked to Joe in a while. He's Our got Kansas. the uh, he's got the uh, the big giant squirrel championship going on out there. The big cook-off they do every single year. Uh, he's calling in. He also has his own new line of seasoning now that we want to maybe use to sprinkle on a little of those uh, little tree rats. Tree rats. See, what, yeah. see what we do. And uh, Chad Hodge is going to be calling in a little bit later on. We're going to talk to him. You know, he's a uh, he's a contract killer for Heavy Shot. He's a big turkey guy. He'll be up at the turkey extravaganza today. Rick Felita is supposed to be calling in a little bit later on. And... Uh, there was an invite out for Captain Jim Pollard if he wanted to call in and all that stuff. And I know, um, so we have a, we have an action packed show uh, set up for you, but one of the things we have to get to, and I don't know how fast you want to start on this real quick, right? Why? Or you want to wait till next hour about your, uh, infiltration of the FWC meeting on Monday? It wasn't quite an infiltration. I was invited you showed up in the uh, cloak the of knowing, cloak of unknowing, I think, uh, so you can hide over in a corner and be invisible. I don't do invisible well. Not with those shirts. So uh, <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to? I, I, I do want to say. I do want to say. I did not disrupt things. I was very quiet, very observant. Don't spoil um, it. Say the, no, no. Let it, it simmer. Let it simmer. Is it okay. stewy? Is it stewy enough for you? Yeah, uh, it is. But we'll we'll talk all about that because uh, we kind of started a little bit of a uh, fervor online when we asked the simple question on our Big and Wild page that uh, do you think it's time that we opened up snook, redfish, and trout? Yes, you know that's yes. all. That was a simple and simple question. Uh, it got shared to about um, uh, ten or eleven saltwater fishing groups. <clears throat> and uh, next thing you know, there's like over eight thousand people putting their input and their and their uh, and their two cents in on the whole thing. I know well, it's easy to talk about it on the radio, and you get one or two callers that are like, "Well, you know, I agree with you, but I think that it's a good time to go ahead and open it up. I think it's going to be awesome." And then you get the you know, you know, oh, I believe there should be a slot limit, and uh, you know, right now we're just. Uh, you know, it's we're just not ready for it yet. Well, the different the difference is most of the people that are opposing it are guides, and and that's unfortunate because I have some guide friends. But you know what? It's the truth of the matter. I don't uh, think a regular, all of them are. A regu- yeah, but a regular guy like me or you or we go fishing maybe once a year if we get a chance. You want to take a fish home or two? You know what I mean? You want to you want to eat them? I, I, if you. Uh, if you really want to entertain yourself with uh, some of the things that people are saying, if you want to cover literally the gambit of what it must be like to be at an FWC meeting, I mean, dude, it goes everywhere. Why, why we should and why we shouldn't. And those excuses go every, every which way. And it's stuff that I just kind of go, what, 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 what are you talking about, man? One of them I loved the one was, uh, yes. Yes, our fish population is extremely well. It's extremely healthy, but with so many new people moving into our state each and every day, 
not it's only, the fishery's not going to be, be able to handle all the people out there fishing for them. Not only the, the, the fishery, you know, all the people moving here, it's all of a sudden everybody's out on the water because of COVID. And, you know, we may have to wait till the COVID's over and wait till those people go back to their houses and, and, and get do back, other things. Get back in the air conditioning. Uh, yeah. You know, stop it. Uh, get in the air conditioning. Look, yes, that not, was me hitting myself in the head with a microphone. It's, <laughs> it's not based on the data, you know, scientific data. It's based on personal preference. No, there is, there is a mm-hmm. bunch of scientific data out there. Yeah, but and it's the been data closed, says what, two and a half years. No, the data says we can't open it up, and the yeah. data says our snook in the Tampa Bay <clears throat> were never in trouble. Okay, no, when they you, were th- never when in you throw a net and you catch ten snook, that's telling you something. It's just like the bears. Well, you're throwing they the net in the wrong place. They were saying there weren't there weren't that many bears, and then it turns out there was a couple thousand. Uh, you you know? should never been throwing the net there. There were so many snook. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. as we said to this. Gentleman in the Hawaiian shirt yesterday on the telephone, me and my father, when you open the bear season and in 30 minutes you hit your uh, limit. Yeah. That means few, there's a lot of bears. There's a few more than what you originally thought. Well, just yeah. a little uh, little taste of some of the things that you may want to hear, or at least that, that you'll hear for this. You get things like, uh, well, yeah, the population is going to be really good. In five more years, uh, if we get another massive red tide, that'll mean a super wipeout that it'll take out all the older ones that are going to be above the slot limit so that uh, there won't be any more babies being made because if the young survive and the older dead, then there's nothing. I love this one here. This one guy, Brian, writes in and goes, I'm good with the closure. I've been seeing more schools of red similar to twenty, uh, 15 to 20 years ago. If they open it, uh, I'd like to see a reduced limit. Tampa Bay is overpressured. A reduced uh, limit. What is your re- limit on that? Well, here's what I'd like to ask. Where is it being overpressured? Because I can go stand out on Tom Freeze Dock and only see 10 boats go by. But if I go by Weedon Island, there's 15 or 20 guides shoved into one inlet. But everybody else is just driving by, having a good time, going out doing their thing, maybe doing a little water skiing in Riviera Bay, jet skis all over the place. So who's it being overpressured by? Me? Them guides. Oh. The guides, man. All right. We're going to take a break, continue the conversation, and we go. If you want to jump in, you're more than willing to. 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Saturday morning. Thank you so much for getting up early and listening, uh, hanging out with us this morning. We really do appreciate it. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors with Braden, Jonathan, Carlos, and Bill, and Diego here in the studio this morning. We're discussing the uh, the upcoming adventures of the FWC. Now, <clears throat> I guess we can actually get to this point. Well, is it, I got to ask you, you were there. Is Is it going to open, yes or no? Well, I will tell you the answer. That's not the answer, Congressman. I asked you a simple yes or no you, answer. I will tell you. Congressman, yes or no? I will tell you what I know. On Monday, FWC started meeting. They had some meetings that they scheduled. 
in-person meetings with the executive director of FWC, okay? Now, this is a whole, this is an organization that's not doing in-person meetings. Yes or no, sir? Are they going to open it up, yes or they no? They indicated on the group of select guides on Monday that they were going to suggest reopening and rescinding the executive order. Yes, because there are a lot of guides out there but who then, are saying that they are going to open it up. Then the guides turn around and talked about how bad things were and, you know, all their concerns. And after they left, the Tampa Bay area, they went further south and they met with, you know, 20 guides down there and another group of guides. Now, keep in mind, these are only certain select guides that they met with uh, by invite only. Yeah, every guide that I spoke to <clears throat> yesterday did not uh, did Oh, not yeah, they, weren't privy, they weren't even privy to the meeting. And didn't even know it existed. Okay. So, yeah. The, the, the sounding so initially what, what, out What are the, you saying? Guide, guide elite? I guess you have to be up in a certain class okay. to uh, be and, able to do it. And there it. were some there were some pretty good name guides there, and some that I'm friends with. But the common theme was, you know, we need to turn around and open it up. Maybe if the numbers are good enough, but we need to limit. We need to restrict. We need to restrict. We need to restrict. Now, you know, after that all got done, I talked to Tallahassee. And I said I was looking for some information on who attended and this and that. When I attended, I, I was very good. I, I sat back behind the scenes. I didn't interject. I didn't. He was media. I, I, I turned around. I was there just to observe. And I called back up there and I said, hey, you know, because I, I wanted to know whether or not I could take this out the gate yet or not. Or if it was FWC's desire to wait just a little bit more than I saw on their their. uh commission page with the meeting that they had already sent out the letter that said they were going to recommend opening it okay to the commissioners and then when i made my phone call they were like um um we had a lot of people with a lot of concerns and now now we're not too sure what we're going to do we're going to go back and discuss it as with our team now that we've had this stakeholder input i said whoa 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 what do you mean stakeholder input Oh, yeah, we got to manage to public desires, too. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You only included certain charter captains. You included no meetings for recreational people, zero. You included no commercial fishermen. Commercial fishermen have been shut down also in this fishery, okay? So you have, A, good numbers. The data shows it. The science shows it. The science has said we've never been in trouble, okay? Have we been as good as we have for years? No, but we're not in trouble either. And so we have shut down for two and a half years access to actually put some fish on the table. But now they're not sure. So we'll, we'll see. I'll believe it when I see it, but I say it, and I constantly say it. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle... If y'all don't call or write these commissioners, and a lot of other people do, the only voices they're catering to and requested input to is from select charter captains. And the message to them there at that meeting was, you need to get involved if you want your voices heard. Did they tell you that, Braden? Did they, 
Do they send you out a notice or anything? You get all these FWC notices. Didn't send me anything. Didn't send you anything. <clears throat> nope, didn't send me anything. Well, we know thing. Jonathan's odd on any list because he, he's he's the redheaded <laughs> stepchild who doesn't get anything. I didn't, I didn't see anything. Okay. I know. Uh, yeah. I don't get anything. I, I just. Uh, There's no workshop, virtual or anything. Nope, nothing. And, you know, the thing is, is that you talk to one captain and he gives you his opinion on what he thinks it should be. And then you talk to another captain. Uh, like this guy who wrote on one of the uh, one of the groups, he said, um, "Being a charter captain in Tampa Bay, snook reds and trout are everywhere. The other species are getting demolished, being that we can't take these fish." And we talked about that here on the show. How long is it going to be before the numbers of sheep's head, flounder, mango snapper, all that other stuff? Well, they've well, already done stuff to flounder. And then you go and you go two, literally two posts down, and a guy, another guy, says, "Well, the amount of fish uh, we've been catching." Keep it closed for a couple of more years. There's plenty of other edible fish out there. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You got one guy who's saying, dude, that's decimating everything else that's out there. And then you got another guy going, well, keep it closed. I'm getting plenty of snug. I, I read, I mean, uh, sheep's head and everything else that we can eat out well, there. Well, and it, I pose this one question. And you said it with the, char- with the charter captains. Okay. He knows a lot of people. I know a lot of people, and I'm pointing at Braden, who are spear fishermen men and women and where is this inclusiveness with the fwc with those people with species like goliath grouper that aren't managed the right way with lionfish with i mean listen it's seven twenty-five, and i'm already my head's already turning you, red i look <laughs> back at it i have attended every fwc meeting except two since february of 2013 that's a lot of meat. Yeah. Okay. And I will tell you, the recreational fisherman is terrible at participation in FWC events and meetings. The charter captains and guides. Oh, I'll are admit it, but extremely organized yeah. and extremely communicated amongst each other, and some of them make a lot of living off of turnaround and. Just taking people out there to fish and don't want to keep the fish. There, you put them back, then you catch them again with the next set of clients and with the next set of clients. Well, then they well, shouldn't have to worry about anything that somebody does. It's a weight fisherman, uh, you know. So of course, unless it's encroaching on them, their ability to be able to catch something. It, <laughs> if I go kayak my butt in to uh, Ross Island and wade fish all around back behind Christmas Pass, and I'm pulling redfish out and putting them on a stringer. He's mad at me because I'm keeping stuff that his clients should be catching. Yes. Is that is that the problem? Yeah. Is oh, that what it is? It goes beyond that. Oh, because, okay. You know what? One of the reasons why they want the closure in the winter months. What do you? What? Why would you think? Don't know. It's hunting season. No. I it's just... because there's so many people who come down from up north. If mm-hmm. they're closed when those people are here, they won't be able to keep any. Well, they can. What are you talking about? Those are the same people that you see coming back up the pier with a stringer of ladyfish, you know, going to take them home and cook them, uh, yeah, you know, and a couple of sharks. Top uh, sale, top sale. Yeah, I uh, got a couple of gaff, ca- gaff, uh, yeah, gaff tops and uh, you know a couple other things they've uh, scooped up off the bottom with a dead shrimp, and uh, they're going to they're going to take it anyway. But it well. goes it goes back to what Jonathan said earlier off the air. He said when him and his dad, let's say, go out with a charter captain, when they catch some fish and they get to keep them, the tip is a lot better at the end of the day. 
as opposed to just, you know, a little catch and release or not catching anything at all. Because the last couple of days, the weather's been really cold. It's been tough. You know what I mean? So, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You know what I mean? It's going to be kind of tough, I know, on a lot of these guys, but... Uh, I, I don't know. I just I don't I don't understand that unless you're mad at me well, because I keep a couple of fish and it, you're and you're mad at me because those, well, your clients should be hooking those and letting them this, go. This is the bottom line. FWC's obligation is to manage to the public trust. Okay, yeah. that resource is not there for a select group of people. It's there for every person. So okay? how did you find and, out about that meeting then? Because apparently it was exclusive. It was it, only it, by it invite was, only. It was by invite only. Well, that's not fair. And and I don't want to reveal all my sources because some of my sources may turn around and get plugged up if, if they realize some of where I know. But uh, it, it was a very exclusive, and it was requested. It, it was set up by the agency. How many people from the media were there? Zero. None. There, well, you, there you go. One. One. So, well, so you, basically, you. So, but you were there. So basically, it was a little top secret meeting is what they it were was. having. And that's not well, right. And that's see, not right. And here, okay, here's my response back to what you said earlier. I suck at going. I've not gone to any meetings. You, you, I suck right. at it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. But one thing I have been doing. I, I that have hope in you. Well, but hope. one thing you've told up. me to do and I've done is email these people and express my concerns and express and well that's part of it they pull crap like this and that's exactly but, what it is that's crap but but you got to email the commissioners no i do commissioners at myfwc.com yeah. and the reason is is if you turn around and you just tell uh, the marine fisheries group they sit there and will say yeah we had some negative comment yeah. about keeping it closed but the vast majority, majority yeah. of our input said to keep it closed well when you only solicit yeah. one group of people, that's a problem. Yeah. And and the other thing, <clears throat> as we pointed out here on the show over a year ago, that this is what would happen. Uh, Manatee Mangrove Charter says uh, keeping it closed only puts more pressure on the fish where you can keep them. We're up here in Citrus County. Can't wait for you guys to open it back up. We have way too many people up here since the closure. Well, and this- And then you got those up north that are getting hammered even more. Up there, and then you got people down in South of Sarasota going, "We need to keep it closed for two more years because we got hit harder than Tampa Bay, but we're still but, going up and fishing Tampa Bay." But but the thing is, you turn around when they did the closure due to red tide, they closed areas that north of here that never had any major impact from red tide because they were worried about all the fishing pressure leaving here, and that was so close. That you know, there was so much easy access from here to there that we better close that area too. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't, and it's open. And uh, I mean, ask no, Mike I'm, Singleton, ask anybody, ask uh, Little Dave. They all go up there, go well, out of uh, Citrus, Homosassa, and they're slaying trout. They're bringing all that stuff, and so everybody who wants to keep anything, what? How many people got on our radio station and called and go? Well, you can always go somewhere else and catch fish. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You can, and then you're well, banging you can it always on. go to another state and manage their resource too. Exactly, you know. This so is, this is where I live. Yeah. I want to have something on the table everywhere. There's too many people here, Bill George. That's the problem. Yeah, and the, everybody who moves into the state of Florida and Pinellas County is instantly a fisherman, apparently, and right, is Ron. keeping 
keeping trout and redfish. Governor and, DeSantis, shut the borders down now. Build the wall. I say bring back the $3,000 impact fee. Well, that ought to deter him a little bit. No. Yeah. No. We have to do it I like an apartment you, complex. First I, and last month's rent. When I turned around and built my last house, it was a lot more than $3,000. That's not an impact fee. That's it not for impact. moving here. It's not it, for moving here. All right, we're taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. joys of social media welcome back everybody it is the big and wild outdoors Braden, jonathan carlos bill george carlos uh hanging out with us this morning diego on the other side of the glass uh i love the i mean literally when you go and you have the gambit of your question put on so many different groups across the southeastern part of the uh, state of florida the responses that you get are just uh, just well, from one end to the other on what on what that just tells you how scattered this whole topic actually is, man. I, it's I w- crazy. I will tell you what I what I learned. One of the things is some of the people will say something different in a closed meeting with FWC and ask for more closures and more restrictions, and then go in another area say. Well, we we should be able to keep some fish, you know, and uh, who are you I, talking I, about? Listen, I'm not I, <laughs> names aren't so much important, yeah. you know, but it, it's a general theme, and we I know. wish I would have been able to uh, get down to some of the other meetings where I know there was going to be a lot of people upset down there about the potential of reopening it, because back when we had a real and I'm talking about a real crisis in the Tampa Bay area when we had a freeze that lasted, uh, you know, really cold weather for for a couple weeks, and we killed so many snook. I mean, it, it, there was we no, didn't. Mother well, nature, Mother didn't. nature did. Mother nature did, and there is no disputing that. Okay, there no, is. No, it killed tarpon. It, uh, it killed it, all it, kinds of stuff. It was devastating. It was devastating. But long after that fishery was recovered, certain sectors were still fighting for that snook population not to be able to be kept or harvested, okay? And they, that same group is very active now in trying to keep it from being open. But what these people say in public sometimes is different. They'll, yeah, they'll say, hey, yeah, I think you should be able to keep some, but... They, they're going so far as to say in uncertain species they'd like to see a two-inch slot, okay, on on some of these species. And it, it's like no big fish. This, this is the funny part. No big fish, no, no large trout. They don't want you to keep any large trout, just small trout. Yeah, nothing over 20 inches is the number okay. that I keep hearing. But, but... They also turn around and say there's no meat on an 18-inch redfish, <laughs> yeah, and right. you shouldn't be able to keep an 18-inch red. Yeah, I know that uh, I was speaking to one of the guides uh, this week, 
and uh, a friend of mine, and uh, he said, I would be okay. I, he says, well, I don't understand why they just don't do a, a decent uh, a limit, you know, uh, two or three fish per person when it comes to redfish, and you do a season. You do a regular season just like they do with trout, just like they do with snook or anything else like that, and uh, you have a slot limit, and, and you go 18 to 26 inches, any 18 to 25 where you want to keep it and eat it, that's fine. And on the trout, the reason why that most of them are picking 20 inches because they say uh, those are when they mature and they're full of eggs and they're going to be making okay. babies and all that stuff. And Let's- then you get somebody who comes right back to them and says, dude, I've caught 16 and 17 inch trout that had eggs in them. So no. what am I supposed to do? This is the thing. They turn around and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't need people going out there and just filling up coolers with fish. Okay. You can keep one snook if it opens up. One. And that snook would have to be between 28 and 33 inches. Yep. Okay. And you have to catch it. It's not guaranteed. Okay. That's true. You got to get It's called past, fishing. You got to get <laughs> past all the juvenile fish and the small fish that are so thick out there. But on trout, we're talking, they're, they're painting the picture, and this is where it gets me. They paint the picture of people just going out there and filling coolers. If they opened up trout, like a cartoon. we could only have three trout per person. Three. How, ma- how big we of a cooler? A cool- You're going to yeah. shoot one of them uh, little igloo lunch coolers. Let me with- get my 22. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. but, and only one on the entire boat. One on the over entire 20, boat. Over, over 19 over inches. Over 19 inches, yeah. Okay. Only one. One on the whole boat. S- sounds like it, the rules are getting complicated, but, too. You better know. You better have something you can stick well, on your they're, cooler. They're pretty easy once you know. But, I mean, if you have a season and a slot limit, if they're between this and this, and you leave it at that, like they had to do with bass. They had to simplify it. They had to go through it because yeah. every lake was totally different. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I can't keep this one. i got to throw that one back or this one over this size. But, and, but you, and now how many redfish do I get when, to keep? Uh, I'm not – I'm when I was looking at it, it looked like one. <laughs> one. Okay. We get to keep one but, within the slot. So you could, so you could 18, share that. How many kids you got? How many? Your family to members? 27. Yeah, here's a bite. Yeah, six kids. Uh, yeah, here. Okay. Here's a redfish nugget. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. One. But yet you can turn around and you look at somebody who just wants to put some fish on the table. You take. You take a father and a kid or a mother and a kid and want to go out there and catch some fish. You got two people. That's six trout. That's a good family dinner. I mean, that's not if ex- they keep them. That's if they keep them. That's a, just because they open it up doesn't mean. Well, some some fish you have to keep. You gut hook them. You know, they swallow the hook or if whatever. If it's by within mistake. the slot, see, that's because my, if it's not in the so, slot, you still have to let it go. Well, and see, okay, see, that doesn't perfect make sense. example of that. Last fishing trip that I took with Ava, we were at Anna Maria Island, and a, she hooked a trout just like what you said. Mm-hmm. The guide had to throw it back, and I'm sitting there watching this. And my daughter, my twelve at the eleven year old daughter at the time, looks at me and says, "Dad, why couldn't we keep that fish instead of it just, you know, floating out Turn there into and, crab food?" Yeah. I, and I mean, well, and trout have an ex- what they you know, have what a did high you, What did you tell her? Rate. What did you yeah. explain to her? Well, and that's what I told her. I said, "Honey, the captain said the same thing." He goes, "He says I can't legally. We can't keep it." Okay. You know? Let's put it this way. You turn around, you go on a boat. Let's say trout have a somewhere. There's one study recently that is way low. The The rate's higher than that. I don't know if they were all using pliers to de-hook them and never touching the fish. But 
let's say 15% mortality, yeah. okay? If you go out there on a boat, okay, with a charter captain and you catch 100 trout on the boat, okay, at 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 15%, how many is that that die? 15. 15. Yeah. If I turn around and go out and I would have been able to keep trout, I would have only been able to come home with 12. So if I just want to go catch dinner and come home, I've killed less fish than the guy out there who's out there every day taking clients to the same place and just doing practice and catching the least. And a lot there are more, more They would kill more fish than if I turned around and just went out there to catch dinner and got off the water. And a lot of those clients are first-timers or people on vacation or visiting or snowbirds or whatever the case is. And, and they're, they're not fishing every week, so they will have a high... Uh, propensity to, um, you know, let okay. fish swallow the hook. You know what I mean? It's well, not like not only that, but they want to get uh, fifty-six different pictures with it because it's the first time they caught a shock. Yep. And they want to hold it out of the water for about fifteen minutes while everybody gets a picture and, and the kid get the kids in here with a picture. I want to get the kids in here with a picture of the fish. And it, by the time you throw it in there, it literally goes down to the bottom, and then bellies back up, and it's pretty much done. And, and I'm not. I could care if you want to catch and release. I'm fine with you catching a release, but don't impose your will on every human being out there wanting to to do it. I mean, fish is a good, fun way to go out there and catch dinner for your family. If that's what you want to do. If that's what you want to do. But uh, now you should know, and this is what I, I what guides and human beings don't seem to realize about themselves. Um, if you go and you tell somebody that they can't do something. It's like when you tell a kid, don't touch that, don't touch that. It's kind of like when you say there's a mask mandate. Did you notice that everybody instantly put on a mask and there was no conflict uh, no, whatsoever? I got, I got people or, who are, are or anything like that. Blatantly what rebellious mask? about it. If you go and you say these things and you put these in stone because of somebody else's opinion and without putting your zone in there, you feel like you're being slighted. I guarantee you there's it's kind of like we say about poaching. If you put certain restrictions on people to a point where they're just like, you know what? Screw the rules. The fine is worth well, the, no, is worth the risk. Maybe that's the way we need to do it. Restrictions on people. Yeah. Well, I, that like, was, we'll was talk a, about that when we come back. There was a couple of people who actually posted said, stop selling boats and stop building new houses and we won't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. If you want to call, you can. 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. We'll be back. Big and Wild Outdoors, Freaking Jonathan, Carlos, Bill, and Diego. Number one. Numero uno, as they say. Uh, we are uh, talking about the, there was a super secret uh, meeting that happened on Monday. Well, Bill Monday George, in the Tampa Bay area. That Bill George uh, did the, went through proper channels, went through, got his media dealio, went in, was uh, went into the meeting. 
mistaken quite a few times as somebody who actually worked for the FWC, which he quickly Maybe squashed. that's because I'm there that much. And uh, met a few other guides and captains. Uh, there was no general public invited. Although uh, there was no general captain invited, yeah, uh, there's uh, there were a lot of other captains that I spoke to that uh, friends of mine that uh, they knew nothing about it, but it's okay. And uh, of course, these discussions that are going on, if you look at the consensus, we asked the simple question on our Facebook page: Do you think it's time the FWC opened up snook, redfish, and trout? And uh, it got shared to uh, 10 other or 11 other uh, fishing groups within the West Coast Tampa Bay area here. And it's blown up like crazy people because those people actually have something to say that they don't normally get to say. And uh, I think that they would be quite shocked and amused to know that the reason why this question was started because the question was started as all these people answer the, the simple question with either yes, no, or they give you their reasons why yes or why no, or whatever they may do. <clears throat> the simple fact is, is what they don't know, and hopefully they do by listening to the show, is that this question was asked of you, the general public, by us, the Big and Wild Outdoors, but it was not asked of you by the FWC. It was asked by the FWC to a bunch of guys who make – uh, four to six hundred dollars for a half day trip. And talking to Bill George during the break, as Carlos said, our listeners need to know that. What was the amount of charters that are run in Tampa Bay on a daily basis? Some, I was reading at one point, somebody was mentioning about two hundred and fifty charters a day. So two hundred and fifty charters around, not necessarily in Tampa Bay, but maybe Tampa around Bay the area. intercoastal. The mouth, Pinellas Point, Teresia on the you know on the yeah. other side, everywhere else. That doesn't sound like a lot. If you put 250 boats out in Tampa Bay, scattered all over the place, that doesn't look like a lot of boats. But the problem is, is that if these are paid charters, there's that's 250 boats with one to four, maybe perhaps even six people per day on the boat out fishing, and they're all in certain areas. They all know where each other fish. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times I've come around Christmas Pass, and there's seven boats parked right there, and yeah, uh, they're they're all fishing, and they all, hey Bill, hey Johnny, how you doing, Tommy? Hey, what's up, Earl? I mean, they all know each other, and they all got. Tra- they're not fishing. Hey, that's but, Jeffrey's boat. Yeah. You know, and, you know. Oh, great! Bill George is in my spot. Well, let's. You know what? I'm going to take you guys to another place real quick. And they turn around the corner. Oh well, there's Carlos there. Well, he can't fish, so I'm going to get up there about 50 yards away from him. So, you know, it's like yeah, that's the way it is. And well, that, those are the people who they spoke to about this thing. So we wanted to get our own uh, unofficial poll and how you felt about it. And I will honestly say that the people who are against it seem to be more vocal when it comes to writing things down on these posts, whereas people who agree with it just give you a simple thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, on the on the on the post itself. Well, I, and those outweigh actually. By the by the way, they actually outnumber the amount of people who put on negative things about. Well, there's things. There's there's a lot of people who won't even say some stuff officially because in that group they're they're going to get shunned or they're going to get up you know the, a black eye in their group and so they don't want to necessarily all step out of line. Some will. Some will be a little bit more vocal on the fact that they they think things should be opened up. 
I, I can tell you we are not hurting for fish. Our fish population is not in trouble. And so FWC should open it up. In the event that we ever have an event that we were in trouble, we should close it down. Okay? I'll, I'll go back to FWC. I thought that's how it worked. Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. If there was I'll a red go, tide outbreak, you know, you shut down fishing. If no, it's 30 below zero, back, we shut down fishing. I will go back to a quote on when they kept it closed in, in 2020. In a, a Abundance of caution, abundance of caution, not that we had a problem, and an abundance of caution that we might have something done, and in response to stakeholder concerns, okay, stakeholder concerns. That is the thing that after that meeting they started to question whether or not they were going to look to rescind the order because of the stakeholder concerns. And that stakeholder, once again, was a select group of guides, Okay. They went didn't open up to all charter guides. Don't don't feel slighted. Don't don't knock so all the guides they, because it's not all the guides. Most of the guides, the vast majority of them, didn't even know there was a meeting. That's true. So then okay. it's 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 a select stakeholder. Oh, it's it's not stakeholders. So hey. that's who, why I where, wanted to put it out. So where's the problem? Well, Who's the main problem? Who's the main problem? I, 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 I lay it solely in one place. Where do you think? No, I want to hear where, it. Where do you think I would say? This is not a quiz. Just answer the damn question. I'd say it's with the FWC for not doing true public outreach. Well, exactly. I think that I would agree with that, and I was going to say that uh, they have a. it's going to be an agenda item on the uh, February 26th commission meeting, right? Correct. So if you uh, so inclined. Which is virtual. Which you, uh, I put on, I actually posted that on a lot of the groups to let people know, hey, look, you know, the agenda set for February 26th. Y'all better be calling in if, if, if you feel about this, but you know how it is. And we're not, we're not bashing FWC, no. just and so people know that. I mean, they do a lot of great things, but here, they did not do things right. I can tell you I work with staff a lot, and- the vast majority of the time they do really good. There are certain things where there are certain highly connected well, channels in. Don't get me wrong. I, I made some phone calls, and I was able to turn around and reach out to some people that not every public person would necessarily have been able to do. And, and there's a lot of good comes from working with the agency on a repetitive basis. They know who you are. They know I'm not going away. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it. You you get you get more value because you have consistent input they can measure over time, but these people were complaining about the fact that it is too easy now for fishermen because they don't even have to catch bait. They can go buy bait from somebody else. They can you just go buy bait and and which, now with the social media and everything else, everybody knows exactly where to go now and. When, and and it's too easy for you to go catch fish. Which I take, me and my father take the same stance, and we said this to you on the phone about that. That's bull crap. I've sat here and listened to this long enough, and it's like I said a couple weeks ago, I pay for this abuse. For people to be able to go out, for a guy, especially in this economy, with the COVID crap and all the other stuff like that, that right there is asinine to me. You should well, not be mad at somebody who gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and goes and throws a net and catches bait, and that's 
and that's what he's doing for a living to sell to somebody else. Okay, but but, uh, but you know I what? got a question. If it's so easy for people to catch fish, wouldn't another option be maybe we have a lot of freaking fish out there? Yeah, well, not only that, but I don't think it's that easy. But I asked the question of a bunch of my guides uh, about the uh, the hmm. fact that some guides were mad that there were people who catch bait for a living and sell it on Tampa Bay and uh, make a little profit off of their baits and this, that, and the other thing. And every one of them said, I don't know who said that, but whoever said it, it's full of crap because every guide has gone to a bait guide before and bought bait from them. It's rough. It's windy. It's cold. It's not good. How, it, I, it saves me time, a half hour, hour of my day. Uh, you talk to any guide, Goodwine, Lori, uh, anybody, those, they're at the crack of dawn. They're catching bait before their clients exactly get there. Exactly my point. So here's the easy one. Jonathan and his dad get on my boat. I have already pulled up to Bill's uh, bait and tackle over there that's out in the middle of which, Tampa Bay. Which helps the economy. Exactly. I get uh, whatever yeah. poundage that I get from him, and I go pick yeah. up my clients, and I go fish. He said, every single captain has used the bait guy. Don't let him yeah. lie to you like that. <laughs> well, but Every this, single one of them has. But, he, my biggest problem is this. Is this right here? This is a Polaroid of the outdoors in, an, in a hole. Hunting or fishing. We are the biggest freaking enemy to ourselves, and we fight about stuff oh, that we shouldn't oh, be fighting about. Oh, yeah. No, they post stuff, uh, oh, we, we should be just catching them for sport. Well, We attack ourselves. If, if you go and you look at half the antis and go look at what they're trying to do, they'd love to shut the, the Skyway yeah. Pier down. Yeah, their solution is no fishing oh, whatsoever. Yeah, doing your job for them. Get okay. away from the fishing. Because just like hunting, that's just sport hunting. That's not that's not hunting for sustenance. Yeah, that's hunting for sport. And yeah, sport is bad. Yeah, because you're bloodlust. The hunting and fishing community need to come together as a whole. I remember a couple year, couple years ago when they were proposing about dog hunting. You know, I don't dog hunt, but because I don't dog hunt doesn't mean I don't that I should put now. my opinion or my view. On someone else who does, who's been doing it with their family for, you know, 20, 30 years. I don't years dog here. hunt now, but that's because, how I started. Because you believe that you are not a stakeholder in that activity, so you really don't have any say you in know, it. If that's what they like to do, and that's how they like to hunt, then I'm, right. if it's legal, then I'm all for it. Which is why I always get mad when Bill George says stakeholder part of it. I go... I, I, I would be the same way. That's I'm not a, a dog word runner. For you, I know. Well, I'm not, guides, a, I'm not a dog runner. I don't run dogs. Are. But if you want to run dogs, that's fine. If they're voting against you, I would probably side with the dog guys and go, look, this is what they do. Me too. And uh, I got no problem with it. If they want to go run around out in the woods with dogs, catching hogs, chasing deer, whatever it is, go for it. Should you ban it? No. no it's, it's, but but if you do you want my opinion? I'm, I'm asking you if you want my opinion but and you want me to vote for it. Whereas other stakeholders and other things, like Bill George pointed out, the solution when you get down to brass tacks when it came to the Skyway Fishing Pier, talking about how pelicans are being hooked and they're being murdered every day, hundreds of pelicans every day, and, and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. You know what their solution is? Wasn't to fix the birds. Maybe not string uh, you know, fishing line across the pier to keep the bird population down. Ban fishing. Ban fishing. Uh, what about, Get rid what, of fishing. What about when the porpoises come and take your baits? And they're, well, they're, very, only doing, they're, they're only very skilled what, They're only doing what porpoises do, Carlos. Uh-huh. They, they take fish. Yeah. They're there before you, remember? Mm -hmm. They were here before you were here. Yeah. They don't get hooked, though. They're smart. They know how to take them off. 
in the discussion. And what about you? Don't the, get to talk anymore. What about they were the, here before what, what, you. What about those porpoises that catch those nice tired snook when you let them off the side of the boat? Yeah. <laughs> How does that impact the yeah. species? Well, yeah. Jonathan, if you weren't fishing for them in the first place, we need a million dollars for a study. You killed that snook by letting it go. Going to take a break. Top of the hour. Here it is. The Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Jonathan, Carlos, and Bill George. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Be back.